them much. Let's take God's word together and go to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 14, if you would please. And uh, we're going to look together where we left off last week in this account of God's people, the nation of Israel. And two weeks ago, pardon me, two weeks ago, we looked at the two different kinds of spies and their reports. You remember 10 brought back a bad report, two brought back a good one. And uh, you may think, well, is there anything else to cover in this story? You're going to milk it dry. But I believe there's one last thought that we must cover. And I believe God would have us consider today the response of God's people to those reports. Most of us do not find ourselves in the position of being one of those spies, one of those spiritual leaders, in many ways, governmental heads. Most of us don't find ourselves in the number of the 12, but most of us find ourselves amongst the multitude. Twelve men represented two and a half million people. And therefore, perhaps our most keen observation in this story ought to be the way in which God's people respond to the message that was given. There is much here for the people of God to learn. There is much to learn about how we respond to the things that we are hearing even today. There's much to learn about who we choose to listen to. Now, can I ask you this morning, who are you listening to? Who do you listen to? Have you given your attention and your ear? Have you given it to an ungodly voice? Have you given the position of influence, the power of influence to somebody or some people that don't even know your God? Who are you listening to? At the root of this entire picture, as to why God's people did not enter into the promised land when they could have, at the root of it all, at the moment when they should have entered into God's promise and God's blessing, but instead they had to turn back into a lifetime of wilderness wandering, at the root of that problem comes down to this issue of who they listened to. And can I tell you this morning, would you look here? Who you listen to, who you are listening to, will determine in many ways your future. This is a crucial question. It's a question of greatest importance. More than two million people were condemned to wander about in the wilderness for 40 years because they listened to the wrong people. Two million people were condemned to waste their years to rot in the wilderness all because they listened to the wrong voice. Who you listen to will determine the direction your life will take. Who you give your ear to, who you listen to will determine your destination. They were at a crossroads. They could either enter into the promised land or turn back and wander in the wilderness. 
And because they listened to the wrong voice, their destination was altered. Who you listen to. Would you look here? Parents, fathers and mothers, who you listen to will affect the future of your children. Praise God for his mercy. Because the, the children of these people ended up going into the promised land, but they had 40 years. All because their parents didn't listen. Or they listened to the wrong voice. Well, you say, well, let's not worry too much about it all, you know. Let's not get too excited about all the, you know, all this corona narrative and all of these things. Let's not think too much about it. It'll all work itself out in the end. Well, we don't want to look like conspiracy theorists after all. Let's just go with the flow. Can I tell you, it has never once been profitable for God's children to just go with the flow. Not yet. And it will not be until the flow is the flow of Jesus Christ. Does it really matter who we listen to? That's the question. Does it really matter? And I urge you this morning to ask one of the sons of Shaphat. That was one of the 12 heads. Ask his son. You followed your father. You listened to your father's report about the land. Did it really matter? Ask him. As he is condemned for 38 years to carry his burden, drag his burden through the desert of the wilderness. All because he listened to his father. Ask the 250 men who followed after Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Ask them in just a few pages. Ask them as the ground splits in front of them and swallows up their entire lives. As they're consumed with fire. All because they listened to the seed of discord. Ask them, does it really matter who you listen to? Ask the people as they lie on the ground writhing in pain because 24,000, because thousands had been bitten by serpents and were dying all around. Ask him if it really mattered if they listened a few years ago. Ask Does it really matter? Can I tell you this morning a thousand times over? Yes, it matters who you're listening to. But why? Why does it matter? I think sometimes we turn off our brains. Why does it matter who we listen to today? I urge you to remember that Satan is real. I urge you to remember that he is walking about even today seeking whom he may devour. Or have you bought into the modern day lie that Satan is just a legend, just a symbol of evil? Paul warns in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 10. To whom ye forgive anything I forgive also. For if I forgive anything to whom I forgive it, forgave it for your sakes, forgive it I yet in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. 
But I'm afraid today that many of God's children are totally ignorant of Satan's devices. I'm afraid that the majority of professing believers are totally blind. In 2 Corinthians 11, in verse number 3, Paul again says, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Have we forgotten that since the very creation of man, Satan has been at work, working to beguile, working to deceive all of humanity? Are we so foolish to think that in 2021 that Satan has given up his job of deception? Are we so foolish to think that Satan isn't deceiving anybody anymore so we can let our guard down, we can go with the flow and believe anything and everything that somebody tells us? Or is he still the king of deception? Is he still walking about seeking whom he may devour? Is he still beguiling souls? And this is precisely the reason over and over in God's word, we are warned, take heed that ye be not deceived. Luke chapter 21 and verse number eight, the Lord Jesus says, speaking about the end times, take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name. Many shall speak in his name. And there are countless men and women today speaking in the name of Jesus and they are deceiving multitudes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9, the apostle Paul writes to the church, be not deceived, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't you be fooled in thinking you can live a life of sin, you can continue on in your sin and squeak your way into heaven. Be not deceived. Galatians 6 verse 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't you let yourself be deceived because there's a deception in the world. There are many deceptions in the world telling you go on living the way you've been living. Go on in your sin. It'll be okay. There's a deception in the world that says, hey, you can live a life planting seeds of sin and you will reap somehow seeds of goodness. That's a lot. Do you think you can live your life in wickedness and somehow God's going to bless you? Be not deceived. Don't you be fooled. Paul warns us in 2 Timothy, speaking to Timothy, a young minister, chapter 3 and verse number 13, for evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He's speaking about the last days. Now, do you know that every believer in the days of the Apostle Paul, they thought, they believed they were in the last days because that's when it began. How much more are we in the last days now than they were? And if they were to have their guard up, if they were to be looking to be alert, if they were to walk carefully and circumspectly because there's a lot of deception, how much more should you and I? Do you know what we've done? Would you look here? We have let Satan wrap us in swaddling clothes and put a poisonous dummy in our mouth and rock us to sleep. Thinking all is well. And the ministers of God say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. It's all going to be okay. Everything's all right. 
Just go with the flow. No. No, no, no. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse and they are worse today than they've ever been before because God's Word says it. Don't call me a doomsday man. I'm just telling what God's Word says. Evil men are going to get worse and worse. Seducers are waxing worse and worse. And do you know what they're doing? They are deceiving. They're getting worse in their deceptions. Their deceptions are bigger. Their deceptions are broader. Their deceptions are worldwide. And we said not, don't be a conspiracy theorist. Can I tell you that our faith has been riddled with conspiracy from the very beginning? They've conspired against the people. Satan has conspired against the people of God from the beginning. Lest ye forget, the crucifixion was brought about by a conspiracy. And when Jesus said, they're going to crucify me, I'm sure the disciples said, don't be a conspiracy theorist. Deceiving and being deceived. Can I tell you something? An evil and adulterous generation cannot look out for your good. They cannot. A corrupt, a any government in the world that is run by men who do not fear God, it cannot look out for your good. It's impossible. It is impossible because they themselves are deceived. And if they be deceived, how on earth can someone who is deceived be thinking about your well-being? They may think they are. But the very fact that they're blinded to the truth of God's word, the very fact that they're walking in darkness rather than light, they cannot be thinking of your best interest. And you and I are foolish to think they can. They are themselves deceived. Deceiving and being deceived. Only those who are Christ and who walk after the Spirit, only they are walking in truth. Only they are walking in light. The rest of the world is walking in darkness. And to follow them as they walk in darkness is lunacy to the highest degree. When God has given us light, when God has given us His Spirit, when God has given us His Word, do you close the Bible and call it a bunch of fairy tales? Have you decided now that it's no longer worth following, that instead we ought to follow the governments of the world? Is that what we've decided that no longer we can trust the Word of God that warns us in the last days deceptions will rise? What is wrong with us? What shouldn't we just do as we're told? Surely we should. Aren't we to obey all those who have the rule over us? And I say a hearty, yes, we obey them as far as they obey God and His law. And no further. No further. We should obey our governments as long as they are obeying God and His Word. But the second they disobey it, what happens when someone comes to me and says, you must marry these two people, although it is in complete contradiction to God's Word. Should I say, okay, you've told me as a government official I must do it, so therefore I will. Of course not. Are you telling me that when someone who, who wears the label of a leader, a government leader, tells me to disobey my God, what about when a nation says you can no longer own God's word? 
And by the way, the Western civilization is moving closer and closer to that point. When they tell you, pack up your Bible, put it in the, in the bin and burn it. You're no longer allowed to own it. It's illegal. What will you do then? The government told us to get rid of our Bible. Do you know the Bible, this book is filled, filled with examples of those who, who followed the law as much as they possibly could until they were led by the law to disobey God. Can I tell you the moment that the government ceases to be a terror to evil and instead becomes a terror to good, then we are under no obligation to obey. The moment the government ceases to be what God ordained the government to be, which is a terror to evil. The moment it ceases to be a terror to evil and becomes a terror to good, we are under no obligation to obey. In fact, you disobey God. You disobey God in your attempt to follow a government that is in opposition to his word. And these 12 spies, they were governmental heads. They were leaders of the people. They represented the 12 tribes and they led 2 million people to their death. The scriptures are full of examples of people who stood against what the common voice was. Stood against the flow of society. In fact, the story of Christianity is one of standing against the flow of society. Have you forgotten that? The story, the history of our faith is one of standing against the flow. We are to be different. That has not changed. We hail Martin Luther who stood against his government. But yet we are ashamed and fearful to stand against ours. We clap our hands and tip our hat to Ridley, Latimer, and Cranmer because they burned at the stake, although their government said bow the knee, and they refused. The Scottish Covenanters, we write stories about them. We remember their names, their faithful stand against the tyranny of a wicked and adulterous government. But yet we ourselves are afraid to make a peep. Corey Ten Boom hid Jewish people in her home against the orders of the government. But no one, not one of us would dare say, oh, you shouldn't have done that, Corey. Don't you know that was illegal? You should have let them die. Of course not. Can I say we are, maybe I'm wrong, but we must be, this Western civilization must be the only civilization on earth that trusts implicitly what our government feeds us. We've got to be. I met a man recently from Brazil and he said, look, I don't know what's wrong with these people. We don't trust anything the government tells us. I met somebody else from another government and they said, look, we don't believe anything that they feed us. Man, if, they, if, a, if a government official brings something on a platter, we say, no way, Jose. What's wrong with us? Who are you listening to? Matthew chapter 24, the Lord Jesus tells us something interesting. Matthew 24, Christ is describing the end of the world. They said, when, uh, tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And let me tell you, in one chapter, four times, Christ speaks about deception. Can I tell you, the one of the overarching themes of the last days is deception. And for you to ignore that is absolute foolishness. In ignorance. 
Matthew 24 and verse number four, Jesus said, take heed. The first words out of Christ's mouth about the last days, the first words out of his mouth, be careful that nobody deceives you. And here we go, fingers in our ears, blinded eyes, take me by the hand and lead me wherever you want me to go. Wake up. Take heed that no man deceive you. Whether he dress in a fancy suit and stand behind a pulpit, you make sure he doesn't deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and they shall deceive many. And many are being deceived right now. He goes on, verse number 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And there are millions who are no longer enduring. Verse 24, the same chapter. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. There will be such deception in these last days that even God's chosen people would be tempted to believe it. Is it really important who we listen to? You better believe it is. And you are foolish. If you are absolutely foolish to think it doesn't really matter. One of the greatest signs of his coming is deception. Let me remind you of of what we're told in the book of Revelation. Oh, don't go to that book, please. Whatever you do, don't go to the book of Revelation. Don't talk about the last days. Just talk, tell me something about Jesus. Tell me something about love. Tell me something about peace. Tell me everything's going to be okay. I cannot. I cannot because I'll be like every other false prophet that says peace, peace, when there is no peace. The only peace you'll find is in Christ. Jesus Christ. Revelation 18 and verse number 23. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. All nations, every country, every nation deceived under great deception. Chapter 19 and verse number 20. We'll not get into uh, that that root words of sorcery. Many people have said it, and everybody switches their mind off. But it is interesting. Pharmakeia is that word sorcery. I'll say no more. Chapter twenty. Look at it. Chapter nineteen and verse number twenty. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with fire with brimstone. Look, if, if, if we're going to start talking about a lake burning with fire and brimstone and about those who were deceived being cast into it, you better open your ears. And in chapter 20 and verse number three, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Because that's what he was doing. Until the day he was cast into the pit, he was deceiving the nations. Verse eight, he shall go out to deceive the nations. Do you know what Satan's goal is right now? Verse number 10 of chapter 20, and the devil that deceived them. Do you know what his goal is? Look here, to deceive the nations. His goal is to deceive the nations, everybody. His goal is to have such a deception 
And it doesn't matter what kind of deception, how many deceptions. He just wants you to be fooled. He wants you to have your head in the sand. He wants to have the wool pulled over your eyes. So be not deceived. You say conspiracy theorists. Maybe. But I remind you that conspiracy has been a part of our history. Christ was crucified because of a conspiracy, a conspiring together of how they could kill this man. Nero's persecution on the early church was the result of conspiracy. Have you forgotten that? The Christians set Rome on fire, so let's burn them. Conspiracy. Haman ordered all the Jews to be killed. Conspiracy. Adolf Hitler ordered all the Jews and travelers and gypsies and many others to be killed under conspiracy. Be not deceived. Let's go back to Numbers 14. What does it look like to be deceived? I'll tell you what it looks like. All the congregation lifted up their voice and they cried. And the people wept that night. Desperation. Deception looks like desperation. Oh no! What are we going to do? All that we've lived for, all that we were hoping for, all that we were trying to get has been taken from us. And all the children of Israel wept that night. And then the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Deception brings desperation. Do you know that any child whose mind is stayed upon Jehovah, any child of God whose mind is stayed on, upon Jehovah does not get desperate. Now maybe they get desperate in their prayers. That's the best place to be desperate. But they don't lose hope looking around this dark and evil world. They don't lose hope that their world has been turned upside down. They don't cry because they now can't enjoy the pleasures of this world. They don't cry because the nightclubs have been shut up. They don't pine over getting back to my holidays abroad. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Deception always leads to murmuring against God's men. Always. Because you don't want to hear what he's saying. You don't want to hear the word of truth. You don't want to hear the truth of God's message. And so it's easier to murmur against that truth. It's easier to murmur against them than it is to recognize you've been deceived. What else does deception look like? Look at it. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? Deception looks like pining for the days of old. You know you've been deceived when you are looking more for the days gone by than you are for the Lord Jesus Christ who is to come. You've been deceived. You've been deceived if your whole life is consumed with trying to get back to normal rather than trying to get back to Jesus. You've been deceived. And you need to wake up. A desire to go back. Wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Do you know what deception is? It's a flipping of the truth. That's what deception is. A flipping of the truth. 
You believe that what you have missed out on is better than what God has in store for you. And therefore, you think that your children will be destroyed in following after what is right. And so you say, I don't do that because it'll harm our children. And so instead of following God, you follow the deception and in all actuality, thinking you're going to help your children, but you're destroying your children. You're destroying them. Can I tell you, every time you turn away from Christ and follow this world, every time you follow the voice of this world over the voice of God, you are injuring and destroying your children. And verse number 10, all the congregation bade stone them with stones. Can I tell you what deception looks like? It's a hatred and a suppression of the truth. It's a hatred for truth and a suppressing of the truth. Caleb and Joshua said, look, calm down. We, it's okay. What they said is not true. We can actually go in. We can, what they brought you is not right. It's not accurate. It's not true. And they said, shut your mouth. Deception always suppresses truth. And I've never seen such a suppression of truth as we are seeing today. I'm young. I haven't been around that long. But you are not allowed to speak of anything else except the narrative that's been fed to you. And the seconds you do, you're told to shut your mouth. You're censored. You're shut up. You're called a conspiracy theorist. And everybody's against you. A dear brother was, was sharing with some, some church leaders of there isn't another way. He wasn't condemning anybody for, for, for the, the, uh, the majority view vaccine, but he was saying there are some other medication that is working largely in other places around the world, and he was shut up, removed, censored. Why? Even if he's wrong, at least look at it. Even if he's wrong, at least consider it. But a suppressing of the truth is a big sign of deception. That's what happens in cults, isn't it? You join a cult and somebody tries to tell you the truth. Ah, zip it. This is the, you follow this and only follow this. We have, we have been deceived by a worldwide cult. And Satan is the head of the cult. And don't you dare speak against it. That's how cult leaders control the people. If you've had, some of our people used to be a part of a cult and they've been controlled. And if you dare speak out against what they've been taught, what you've been fed, then you are silenced. And if you don't listen, then you are excommunicated. And you are made to look like the enemy. And that's what we're seeing all around. So what should we do? We find the answer. In verse number 8. Verse 7. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it out is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us. Would you look here for a second? One of our greatest problems today is we are more concerned about people delighting in us than we are about God delighting in us. And that's why we are being deceived. Because you are more concerned about your reputation, more concerned about your job, more concerned about what people think of you than you are concerned about what he thinks. And Caleb and, and Joshua understood, look, look, if the Lord, if he be delighted in us, if he delights in us, then he will bring us into the land. Are you, 
Are you at all concerned about whether or not God is delighting in you? Do you live your life daily, moment by moment, asking, Father, does this please you? Am I delighting you? If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Are you rebelling against him? Are you? Are you living your life in contradiction to what his word clearly tells us? If, if so, then you cannot, you cannot expect him to give you light. You cannot expect him to walk with you. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Watch this one. Neither fear ye the people of the land. Amen. We have become so fearful. We're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of dying. We're afraid of getting ill. We're afraid of, of offending people. We're afraid of upsetting people. We're afraid of what it might cost us. And we have forgotten that we as God's people ought to be the most fearless people on the planet. People of faith, not fear. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. They will not eat us, we will eat them. They shall not conquer us, we shall conquer them. But we is only 12, you were just 12. Look how small we are. We're little, we're nobody. You know, our problem, I said it last couple of weeks ago, we are looking like we're looking at everything, looking at this world like everybody else looks at it. Without faith, we're not looking through the eyes of faith. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. Have you forgotten the Lord is with us? Not with the unbeliever. The Lord is with us. Have you forgotten? Emmanuel, God with us. Have you forgotten? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not the hope of long life. Hope in Christ in you, the hope of God's glory, not the hope of health, wealth, and prosperity. For years, you, you've spoken out against the prosperity movement, and now you're living it. <laughs> for years, you said, oh, you watch out for Joe Osteen and watch out for this, watch out for the, all these prosperity. Oh, no. But now you're living it. You're trying to be healthy, prosperous, and you've forgotten all about living by faith. The Lord is with us. But maybe you just aren't assured of that. Two believed it, ten didn't. Beware. Beware. I don't, I don't have a clue. Look, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. I, you know, I tried to study medicine for a couple of years and just couldn't cut it. No, the Lord called me to preaching. But I'm a nobody. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a data researcher. We have some here. We have some scientists. We have data researchers here. We have people in the pharmaceutical company. We have all kinds of people here. I'm a nobody. But let me tell you something. My eyes are open. 
And by the grace of God, I will not be deceived. I don't care if I look like the biggest idiot in the world. Sometimes I wish I'd just be totally excommunicated from everybody and be sent to live on an island all by myself. It'd be easier then, you know that? It'd be a whole lot easier. But as for right now, I'm not. And I'm going to do my best to keep my eyes open. And it would do you well to do the same. Wake up. Wake up and realize that the dummy Satan has pushed into your mouth is poison. Realize that the blanket that he's swallowed you with is not of comfort. It's suffocating you. Wake up. Beware. Let no man deceive you. Christ is coming. He is coming. We prayed last night. Thy kingdom come. Do you know the glorious thing about the kingdom of Christ? The most glorious thing about his kingdom is the king. And he is coming. And when he comes, I don't want to have to pull my head out of the sand. When he comes, I want my eyes to be looking for him. I want my mouth to be open with praise. I want to be ready. Don't you? He's coming. Let's pray. Father. We confess we are nobody. Who are we? Some may say, who are we to buck the system? Who are we to challenge what professionals have said? Who are we? Father, we know we're nobody. We don't pretend to have any sort of information or intelligence. Father, we're nothing, but we do know that Christ is King. God, we know that thy spirit lives inside of us and we know that we're living in dark days and we know that the time is running out and we know that Jesus, our Savior, is coming. We believe it, Lord. And although we may be simple, we believe the simplicity of thy word. We're not too arrogant and too proud to second guess the clear teaching of thy word, but we submit to it, Lord. We humble ourselves today beneath thy mighty hand. We humble ourselves beneath thy word, and if we look like buffoons, so be it. We believe thee, Lord. We believe the record of thy word. Help us to submit always to it. If we be the last ones who believe thy word, who trust thy word, who believe it to be inerrant, who believe it to be absolutely true without error, if we be the last ones, so be it, Father. But help us to cling to thy word and cling to the hope of Jesus Christ. Lord, please prop our eyelids open that we be not deceived. Help us to walk so near to Jesus, our dear Savior, so that we be not deceived. Help us to be exercised in hearing thy voice so that the voice of nobody else would allure us and deceive us. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us. Forgive us, I pray. I wish not to lead anybody anywhere except to the foot of Jesus. Help me, Lord. Give us clarity in these days. Give us understanding, Lord. Give us insight. Give us wisdom. We confess we don't have wisdom. And we are persuaded neither does a dead and dying world. Thou hast told us, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of thee. And that you would give unto us liberally without upbraiding. So give us wisdom, Lord. 
We understand that thy wisdom, the wisdom of God, is foolishness to this world. May we be reminded that it's always been the case. That thy wisdom has appeared to be foolish to this world. Help us not to fear being called foolish. Help us not to fear. But instead, may we be persuaded that the Lord is with us. Help us to be convinced that thou art beside us and behind us and in front of us and above us and beneath us. Bearing us up with eagle's wings. Oh, Father, thou art a good father. You would not lead your children astray. But we are convinced that the father of all lies, that Satan, the father of all lies, can only lead his children astray. So we wish not to follow the multitude that follow him. We wish to follow thee. Open our eyes. Give us spiritual wisdom and insight. Give us more than just emotion. Give us truth and conviction. Give us conviction in a day when so few have conviction. Help us, we pray. Protect us. Protect us from deception. Lord, thou hast promised. Thou hast promised, that's the way we understand it, that it's not possible for thy elect to be deceived. So, Lord, help us. Help us. We commit ourselves to thee now. In Christ Jesus' name.